I don't know, dude. You know, there used to be a guy that rode around town on a bicycle, and I really miss this guy. It's been a couple years since I've seen him, and he would carry a bow staff, and he would wow. ride his bicycle. I want to try to explain this. Okay. Welcome back to Truck Talk, the podcast that is not about trucks, but is recorded in one. Uh, And I have to start the podcast today with a bit of an apology, or I guess a confession might be a better word. Is I I feel slightly guilty about this, because I say that this podcast is recorded entirely in my truck, and in my defense, until this point, it absolutely has been. Uh, Today, though, we're changing it up a little bit. For the first time, my guest is not actually in my truck with me. Uh, but we did the best that we could and he is parked uh, directly next to me we're driver door to driver door so I would say we're we are close we're we're towing the line on the six foot yeah we're at we're five and a half five and a half like I might need to move over just a little bit <laughs> we'll both just lean it's slightly intimate, away though. right I feel like I feel like this is still a very close-knit space yeah well okay so my guest today uh, is his name Joe Snyder, and for those of you listening that don't know Joe, um, I'm trying to think how I'm going to intro you right now because we didn't uh, rehearse this Google at all. Just Google me. Google. That would be funny. Just Google, just Google. Joe Snyder. Yeah, do that. Make and sure your kids me. are not around when you do that, though. Yeah, um, that's, that's not me. <laughs> so we, can, we can establish that baseline now. <laughs> that's not you. Okay. Um, well, Joe is... Um, I don't know. I'm just going to say Joe's a modern-day superhero. He um, is uh, a Ph.D. and uh, races rocket ships for a living. You know, when I won my second Nobel, I realized that humility is really important. Um, So I'm glad you said all that stuff and you didn't make me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, okay. Is there anything you'd like to correct from my introduction <laughs> no, to you? No, I want, I want all of that to be on Wikipedia someday. So okay. Let's just leave that. On the Truck Talk Wikipedia page <laughs> that I hope exists right now, and I'm really counting on one of the millions of listeners I probably have at this point to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so if you're not going to change anything that I said about you, would you like to add anything to it? Um, just so people can yeah, know who I'm um, talking to. So I am a father and an, a husband. Uh, I help lead a nonprofit in the foster care realm uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, and uh, I hate sour cream. Really? Oh, I hate it, dude. Send it to my house. My wife loves sour cream. So mine does well. I, I don't understand, man. I, I truly don't get it. Huh? Yeah. Uh, what do you think the expiration date on a tub of sour cream means? It's um, already sour. I think it's them at least acknowledging that this comes straight from the gates of hell. (laughs) And they've got to put it on there in a minimal way so that when you taste it and you just, you know, projectile vomit across the room, (laughs) they don't have any legal. There's no liability there. You know, like that's why every time you buy sour cream, the date is yesterday's date. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Just in case. They just print the date on there, whatever date yep. they put it in the container. Yep. 
Man, okay, I've already learned something new about you. I had no idea that you had this disdain for sour cream. Man, it's going to be hard to focus today because, so, Ron and I are sitting in the Chick-fil-A parking lot. Yeah, not a sponsor, but I'm open to it if they hear this. It is a great place to people watch. Which is why we picked it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And what's interesting is I'm faced where people are coming, like, into the drive-thru and these people are coming in hot, man. <laughs> like, I, I don't really eat at Chick-fil-A simply because of how expensive it is. Um, but, like, these people are coming through as though, like, there are there there is things on the line. Um, that if they don't get their, what is it, a chicken biscuit, I guess. Yeah, um, that's what I had time, this morning. Like, I mean, they're coming in really hot. And you can, <laughs> what where I'm sitting, you can see their eyes. And it's just focus yeah describe to me the level of focus you see in the average person driving in right now um okay well i'll take you back to a moment in my childhood wow okay going deep um it is the uh it's the final round of the quiz bowl regional tournament uh if we win this game we make it to state and there was one question left we were tied and I just remind myself, looking across the table at those nerds, I'm, I'm a nerd as well. <laughs> I'm not picking on them. Waiting for the question with the buzzer in their hand ready to... That's that's the same look <laughs> of determination as these people do. I don't know if they're like getting their order ready in their mind, um, but they're ready to conquer some stuff, man. Right. And there's so many of them. There, there are a lot, but Chick-fil-A, their game, their drive-through game is strong, right? Oh, like, um, they've got two lanes open. They're, they're both covered, uh, heated or cooled, depending on what the temperature is. I don't know if you can see over there those things hanging. Dang. Um, but they've, for the most part, actually stopped using the, the board with the menu on it and the intercom. Yeah. And now they staff it, and each place has, like, a couple different people you know, stopping for a different thing, you know, to talk to you about, uh, taking your order and whatnot. They also, though, have up here now, and this is really common, but they have curbside delivery uh, of their food, which is actually what I did this morning. I just wanted to try it. I'd, yeah. I'd never done it before. wanted to see how it worked, and, and it worked great. I pulled up in my truck. They already knew, uh, you know, I've typed in that I was in a silver truck, so they came out, gave them my food. It was awesome. I didn't have to wait in the drive-thru line. Because, I mean, you live not too far away. I'm sure you drive by often enough to see the drive-thru line here can get crazy, right? Um, But nobody was in the curbside thing, which is why I wanted to try it. And so that was cool. But the best part of it uh, was after I got my food, I saw them come back outside with another tray of food. And I was very confused because I didn't see any other cars or trucks or anything in the parking lot. And so I'm looking around, and the lady walks around my truck... And then I lean over a little bit and see in one of my blind spots a kid on a bicycle <laughs> who had ordered curbside pickup for his food. Yeah. It was awesome. So he yeah. uh, he put you know his bag of food and his drink in one hand while he drove his, his bicycle off, That's which I think impressive. is a skill. And I've noticed this. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, day before, in my neighborhood. I don't know if it's like this in your neighborhood right now, but everybody and their dog, like literally, is trying to be out walking around, oh, you know, yeah. uh, right now. And so there's tons of kids in my neighborhood, uh, a lot of them on bicycles. 
and I was uh, I was at home the other day and saw this kid riding down the street on his bicycle, and he was pulling his phone out of his pocket, texting, putting it back in his pocket. And I thought, that is a generational marvel, yeah. right? Like, when I'm learning to ride a bicycle growing up, there are no cell phones. I cannot fathom trying to drive uh, or ride a bicycle, drive a motorcycle or something while using one hand to text and not drop my phone. I mean, I pay for my phone. That thing's expensive. I'm not trying to drop that in the road. So is it is it the kid does like is he actually texting or is he wanting to be seen riding, you know, on on basically an autopilot at this point? Dude, I don't think he knew that I was even aware that he was there. I think he yeah. got a message, pulled it out of his pocket, texted back, then put it back in his pocket and he never stopped cruising. I guess I've never been comfortable enough on a bicycle to do that. Right, like, yeah, it's just not not something I would do. I would just stop. Right, I've never really thought That's, about it. Okay, so I have that same thought. I'm like, wait, if that were me, I would totally just put my feet down and stop. How fast was this kid going? I mean, he wasn't flying. He was just meandering, moseying, moseying, meandering. I don't know what other M words. Doddling. Oh, you were going with him. I was, my bad. And that's okay. That's all right. Um, Doddling's a good one though. Um, I don't know, dude. You know, there used to be a guy that rode around town on a bicycle, and I really miss this guy. It's been a couple years since I've seen him, and he would carry a bow staff, and he would ride his bicycle. I'm going to try to explain this. Okay. He would hold his bow staff over his head, and he would um, pedal it in the air. Uh, you know, what? he's got both of his hands shoulder width apart in the air. Yeah. And he, it was like he was trying to row a boat. And he would sit up really straight. He had great posture. And he would ride all the time. I mean, all the time. And I remember having conversations with other people about this guy because he was an enigma. (laughs) And we wanted to know. And um, I haven't seen him in a few years. And, you know, in my own head canon, um, it was because he wasn't paying attention. You know, like something must have happened. Because he was so determined to multitask. Man. This is not safe. That is... That's I hadn't thought crazy. about that guy until yeah. today, man. I, um... So I thought about a guy... As you were telling your story about a guy with a bicycle, I thought about a, a guy that I knew with a bicycle. Um, that, you know, an anomaly, right? Um, I sold my bicycle one time to a guy. And when I went to close the deal right before he walked away with my bicycle I stuck out my hand to to shake it like we used to do back in the olden days yeah and it was at that point I discovered that this man had six fingers oh <laughs> uh, it, it was it was quite a strange sensation to have your hand shaken by a guy with six fingers so where was the extra finger it was I I want to say it was coming off of the thumb. Now it was not a usable digit. Okay. Um, and so as he shook my hand, it literally just like flopped against my hand. So he couldn't move it. Right. Not. It wasn't independently movable. Um, Do you have six fingers on both hands? I don't think so. I think just that hand. Interesting. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a strange experience that, you know, had I been prepared for it ahead of time 
I probably wouldn't have felt so strange about it. But uh, is that Ansel? I, I was just about to say that local yeah. author and coffee shop aficionado, right? Ansel Lee, Arkansas State fan, evidently. Yeah, according to the back of his vehicle. Um, I'm sure he'll listen to this. Okay, so we got to back up just a second. Okay. I've got a lot of questions. Okay. So, as you're talking about this six-fingered man, right. I'm initially taken to one of, I believe, the greatest TV shows of all time, which is Gravity Falls. Um, it was two seasons, just the right amount, and even if, if you're an adult and you've never watched a cartoon, that's fine. This one is legitimately top five shows of all time for me. It's incredible. And there's the mystery of the six-fingered man. Oh. So I first go there, but then I also, you know, we're we're in a Chick-fil-A parking lot, but it shares with a grocery store. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, there's always this every guy knows how many bags of groceries you can carry at one time. All of them. <laughs> always, right? <laughs> Especially if you've got bags of groceries and like the, a box of like a can of like LaCroix. Yeah, you, you got to put it up against your leg first. Absolutely. And then hoist it up. So we all have this mental <laughs> this this limit we have. Like would that give you more fingers <laughs> to hold groceries? I think you have to be able to clasp it, right? Like maybe. If it's just hanging there, I don't know if it's if it's solid enough, you know, to hang something on like a coat hook. I, then, I don't know. And then my mind goes to, this guy has never known what it's like to wear gloves. Hmm. You know, because they don't make gloves for that. It may be like... But you could uh, you could alter a glove to make it work. Yeah. It would be really funny, though, because then if you had, like, a, a glove on and there was this one, like, limpy finger sticking out of it, it would be a lot more noticeable than normal. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's just those small things that completely change your perspective. Like sixth fingers. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Your story really took a turn there at the end, you know? Yeah. I thought this was going to be a story about a bicycle that you sold and regretted selling, but... It was a nope. good bicycle. I, I, uh, I had some good memories with that bicycle. Um... You know, and when you talk about memories on a bicycle, you're probably assuming that I meant growing up, yeah. but this was less than 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, I was I was talking to my wife about um, just this whole social distancing thing uh, that we don't know how long this is going to last. Right. And this could legitimately last in some form for a year. Yeah. Um, you know, until we have, um, you know, some... Uh, inoculations, what are they called? Um, uh, immunizations? Oh, yeah. Something, yeah, yeah. whatever. Where they give you a shot and your kids cry. Right. And you cry. Um, <laughs> like, it could literally take years. So thinking about things like explaining to our kids, like when my son is an adult and he's explaining to his children, yeah, back when I was a kid, right. people put their hands together and shook them up and down. Right. Like, there's a legitimate chance. Yeah. I would love a statistician to. I give think us I know what you're going to say. That that actually happens where we yeah. stop shaking hands. So, today there was a headline. Do you know who um, Anthony Fauci is? Yeah. Yeah. So, Anthony Fauci, leading like virologist, is that the right word? Mm -hmm. um, in the world, basically, at this point. Um, he said today, or there's a headline today, that he said he thinks we should not go 
back to shaking hands at all. He's proposing that we phase that out. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, that I mean, wouldn't that be a different world? Because handshaking has existed for a long time. Well, and in some parts of the world, it's not a thing. Right. You know, it, that's I, you know, you never know if this was a reason that was great or the reason, but that's one of the reasons why some cultures have you know gone away from that or never really did it yeah um you know instead they bow or whatever right, right. Um, we could go to that Man. maybe we should just set the precedent now as to what it should be dude and we just start this trend that is a crazy thought i mean even like this the symbolism that a handshake has like in the business world yeah you know i can't think of a business meeting that i've had outside of the last like two three weeks where it didn't start with a handshake and what's weird is because everything that communicates can you imagine buying a house doing a business deal um, having an important meeting with someone and not shaking hands right like it feels so awkward or the next level you know like the kid version the pact that you make where yeah. you both spit in your own hands oh, gosh. and then do that kids are so disgusting that one that one needs to go away for sure for sure you know what we should do we should bring back the um the old testament uh handshake oh the the under the thigh grab the, we touched under the thigh <laughs> that would be interesting yeah i don't know if it would help our cause of being more I, I can think of a few issues with that option uh, Oof. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about just just look it up and really think about if two guys are making a pact and they touch under the thigh, what's happening? Well, I mean, you talk about two guys. What about if you're not even same gendered? Oh, I don't know. Right? Man. Like, then you get into some real trouble. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right, so you mentioned your kids. You have 30, 33 children? Um, in spirit. I think they, um, they make enough noise for 33. Okay, so how many do you actually have there's there's actually seven of them seven okay uh, and and they're varying in age quite a bit yeah. i mean you don't have any like adult children uh, well i've got one that we consider an adult oh yeah, yeah yeah okay um so so my wife and i we we have three biological children we've adopted three and we have a bonus kid <laughs> and um so our bonus her name is juliet she's 22 yeah uh, sometimes she feels like a little sister sometimes she feels like a daughter yeah. Uh, but we love her like a daughter. Right. Um, and um, so she's on that, that age of like, you're an adult, kind of. Yeah. You know? <laughs> kind of with that, that, that asterisk. Right. Um, where you're, I mean, in our culture now, I don't want you to be fully on your own. I want to be there to help and do right. whatever. Uh, she still lives with us, but as a 22-year-old whose classes are all canceled, yeah. she's not at the house very much. Right. You know, uh, shocker. Um, she's she's as Enneagram type 7 as anyone I've ever met. Right, yeah. So, okay, so she's 22. Uh, and then we have a 13-year-old um, girl, an 8-year-old boy, 6-year-old girl, 4-year-old girl, 2-year-old girl, and almost 1-year-old boy. Yeah. Only one in May. So, okay, talk to me then about how your different children at their various ages are understanding and dealing with this crazy world that we're in right now well um so we have a weird perspective because we homeschooled our children i say we <laughs> as though i've done anything <laughs> um, my wife the angel that she is 
uh, has homeschooled our children. So that didn't change very much. Um, however, we were still very active socially uh, despite being homeschooled. Uh, so that's been the biggest thing is that they, the older they are, they understand the why, but as they're younger, they don't really get that. Right. So they just know they're not able to um, see their friends when our church gathers. They're not able to uh, go to Nana's house. They're not able to uh, go to the movies. Like we watched um, the movie Onward. It's the newest Pixar movie. We watched it last night at our house. Right. And even though like it's a brand new movie that normally we would have spent a hundred bucks to go see. Right. We're just watching it at our house, and they don't understand why that's so strange. Ah. Uh. Um, so it's mainly just the that FOMO. Um, they haven't left our house in almost a month now. Wow. You know, my son rode with me one day when we went up to, um, we I went to an office by myself. There was nobody there, so he went with me. Um, but that's the only time they've left. You know, they've, they're, those yeah. are, they're the same hood rats in our neighborhood <laughs> that are uh, riding their bikes all day long every day. Yeah just to get out of the house, but they right. haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. And it's weird how with some of them that's not that's not unusual. Right. Because their life is there. So the one that most interests me just because of the capacity to understand but the lack of ability to do anything about it is your second oldest, the thirteen year old. Yeah. So yeah, talk about how she's what does she understand about it and what does she think? Well, it's this weird balance of you don't want to freak her out. Right. You don't want her to be terrified. Um, Leia came to us through the foster care system, and she um, had a really traumatized childhood, early childhood. She came into care when she was age eight, and she's really, really seen some stuff. And not only those memories, but the way your body adapts. Like, she, she can get really anxious really really quick yeah so we always try to protect her in some ways our rule with her is we'll answer any question i'm just not going to volunteer all the information yeah yeah um mm. so with her trying to understand what's going on without thinking all these people are going to die right you know if i told her that it's like what twelve thousand people now in America have died because of this? I mean, the headline today was that New York itself has more recorded cases than any country other than the U.S. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and those are, that's terrifying it's statistics. Crazy. You know, you and I are about the same age, and we think about, like, 9-11. Yeah. And how terrible that was, how impacting it was on every American. Yeah. And it was fewer than 3,000 people. Yeah, twice as many people in New York now, I think, have died. And and that's in no way to minimize 9-11. Right. Um, but it helps us put in perspective because that we got to see, like, we, we got to see it. We got to see the people. We got to see the New Yorkers running around covered in debris. Right. And what's so difficult about this is you're not able to see it all. Yeah. And it, that's why it came when people f first knew somebody that that tested positive right that's when it really became real for a lot of people yeah and so with Leia we're walking this delicate balance of you know we're being cautious we're being as as distant as we can from people 
uh, we're FaceTiming relatives instead of going to see them. You know, we, um, as we've canceled birthday parties, um, that kind of stuff, like, that's hard to explain. Yeah. And so her, it's trying to, I think her biggest thing is her trying to understand the balance of responsibility versus sheer terror. Hmm. Um, that do I, do I live my life in fear because of this or are my parents overreacting? Yeah. yeah. So that's, it's been interesting. Um, thankfully she's got a lot of distractions as a 13 year old girl. Um, <laughs> You know, there's so many other things she's worried about, yeah. and this is not one of them. She <laughs> she came downstairs a couple days ago, and she wanted to use the iron. Now, I'm probably revealing what? more than I want to, um, but we don't iron things. <laughs> um, we don't own an ironing board. We own an iron, and we're, I mean, I don't think you would know this about us if you... <laughs> Um, I think we just get our clothes out of the dryer quickly right. enough. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't have to worry about it. So yeah. anyway, she comes downstairs and she's got these cute shorts she's wanting to wear. And they're a little wrinkled. And all of a sudden she's decided she's got to iron them. What, has she got somewhere to be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you're staying here at the house. Like, no one's going to see this. And she was so determined. So she ended up getting her straightener and using her straightener. So like, wow. she's got so many okay. other... You know things occupying her mental space yeah so she's not too worried about okay me. all right uh what about your job you talked about being a nonprofit leader in the foster care adoption world yeah what, how has that been affected oh in every every facet um, we... hey just a short break to ask you guys a favor first of all if you're still listening to this thank you so much i appreciate that uh, but secondly, I would love it if you would uh, like our stuff on social media uh, and share it with other people. Uh, on top of that, if you could go and give a rating or a view for the podcast, uh, that would be great. But but the biggest thing would be to share this with other people. So just jump on social media or wherever it is, share an episode, share a graphic, share a link, share something uh, to help get this out to other people. Love to have more people listening to it. Uh, and yeah, I just really, really appreciate that. So back to the podcast. Uh, nonprofit leader in the foster care adoption world. What, yeah. How has that been affected? Oh, in every every facet. Um, we so so in our nonprofit, the main things we're doing, the the big tent poles, are recruiting foster and adoptive parents, and this is all for. Um, for foster care through the state. Uh, so it's not a privatized system. It's through the state of Arkansas. So we're recruiting those foster and adoptive parents. We're training them. And then we try to support them um, as as they take care of these kids. And all of that's done through local churches. Hmm. So the emphases that we do, the awareness events, uh, most of our things are hosted at churches. Um, that's kind of the... The vehicle, our partnership, you know, that helps drive everything forward. So everything we do is in person and 90% of it is done through the local church. So most churches aren't meeting and, you know, um, tangibly they're meeting online. Um, and all of that's changed. So it's just, it's been a radical shift for us in how we do things. 
um, specifically when it comes to bureaucracy because we can't just do what makes sense because there are um, you know legal requirements we have and right. uh, legal um, kickbacks if we don't do those things correctly now thankfully we've been able to keep most of our ministry going uh, where uh, our trainings we move them online um, our 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 meetings that people come to where they first ask like how do I become a parent a foster parent um, those have gone online but it's it's a massive effort and I think what's been difficult is there's just so much uncertainty that it um, that that it's really easy to panic and to live in fear because nonprofits there's a reason we call them nonprofits. You <laughs> right. know, like there's some nonprofits in the world that they're not going to take an extra bonus based on their dividends. Right. But then there's our kind of nonprofit, which means we are going to pray fervently for God to provide the funds we need to continue to do what we're doing. Right. And we don't have two years worth of expenses in the bank and we're just trying to build a new building or something. Right, like right it's you know survival so um you know we we've had to cancel a bunch of um a bunch of fundraisers across the state we've had to change a lot of just our operations but through it all um we're still getting the job done yeah and that's probably been the, the best part of it so you know i have no idea who's listening to this you know but let's say there's people listening in Arkansas and it's still fairly close to the time when we're recording this and they're interested in foster and adopt stuff specifically through uh, the call uh, I don't know if it's okay for me to mention that on here. Uh, I was thinking earlier there's not a reason I haven't said okay, that okay. Uh, just I won't edit it out then uh, okay. but if anybody's interested in that yeah. in this time what do they need to do differently you know, in order to engage in that process. You know, I was speaking with some church leaders yesterday, and it's almost easier right now if you wanted to begin the process because you have more bandwidth on average than you did two months ago. Yeah. Um, so that process takes about four months if you're lucky. It might take a little longer. Um, and what you do, the very first thing you do is just go on to our website. It's thecallinarkansas.org. Um, and in that, what your first official step is to go to what's called an informational meeting. We host these in almost every county in Arkansas every month. Um, with you know all of this happening, you know there's there's changes there, so you know you can find that info out. But you can you can get connected to your county there on our website, sending them an email saying, hey, I'd like to go to the next one, or find us on Facebook. You can uh, find all of our county chapters. Um, so the very first step is to go to one of those meetings. Right now, those are being held online. And the goal with those is to get your questions answered. Um, I give, when we do our info meetings in Pulaski County, I give just a blanket disclaimer at the beginning, telling people, you are allowed to be as pragmatic as you need to be right now. Mm -hmm. um, so just don't think that that is wrong or bad or off limits. 
um, do that because you're looking to make a huge change in your life. Right. Um, but there's so many, like there is more, there's a lot of paperwork. There's uh, some training you've got to do. There's online training you do on your own time and homework. I mean, all of that you've got time to do right now. Right. Um, and what, you know, what's difficult is even though so many things are shut down right now, foster care is not. We're bringing in more kids than mm. we have in a very long time. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll use Pulaski County numbers because that's what I'm so familiar with. Um, this time last year, we were sitting at around 350, 364 uh, kids in care. Mm. Uh, now we're at like 420 wow. just in Pulaski County. And a lot of that's because you've got these kids who are no longer able to go to school and mm. um, get meals there yeah. at school, or they're at home and you know home life is stressful and parents are stressed out. And you've got parents that have lost their jobs, and you know how that is. Like you get somebody that's already unhealthy, and you put them in a super stressful situation. Yeah, and unfortunately, wow. abuse and neglect can occur. So we need more foster parents now than we've needed in a long time. Yeah. Dude, that makes a lot of sense. That's crazy. So first step, send that email, go to one of those info meetings, or just find um, a foster parent that you know and talk to them. You know, it's really good to get that perspective and uh, to hear what they go through because there's a lot of misconceptions right now. Uh, one of those being that it's harder to become an open family uh, through this, and, and it's, it's really not. potentially easier in some ways. Potentially, because, uh, you know, those... The in-person meetings, you still have the requirement that you've got to be, uh, you've got to, you've got to be sitting in front of a computer with the video on so that we can see you. You've got to be focused. But, you know, like if you're one of those people that you get off work at 6:30 and the meeting starts at 6:30, and normally I could never make that drive and get there in time. Now you can, like, sit in your car, right, and listen to the meeting, or you know, turn a movie on. For your kids in the other room if child care has always been the problem yeah, yeah. and because onwards on disney plus right now for free <laughs> <laughs> so you can do that and we hope that through all of that we make it access as accessible as possible yeah for people okay Dude, that's good to know uh okay so have you ever been in a car where somebody just like jerks the wheel and makes a really really hard turn Yes. Okay, that's what's getting ready to happen okay. in this podcast. Okay. Uh, so next support is important at this point. Okay. Uh, what's who is the most famous person you know? Um, well, I used to have uh, John McCain's phone number in my phone. Okay. Um, I respected him a lot, so I never called. The that's phone number. yeah. That's a good. Call. I wasn't supposed to have it, but I had it. Um, but I didn't actually know him. So did you say most famous person I know? Yeah, let's go with that. Or most fa- I don't know, man. Do you know any other famous people? Um, I've got a buddy named Rick who's got a, um, a pretty fresh YouTube channel that's blowing up right now. Oh, yeah. So you can find him. His name's Retro Rick. Retro Rick. Friend of ours. So that's where my mind goes because in the mind of my eight-year-old son, yeah. it's like retro rick yeah. number two and the only mo- more famous person in the world is ryan from ryan's toys reviews <laughs> uh, so retro just wants you to know you have a rabid fan in yeah house. okay so on truck talk yeah. i occasionally will do a segment uh where we tell a story about someone that's not in this conversation but only 
part of the story can be true. Okay. So, I would love it if you would tell me a story about Retro Rick, and only part of it is true, and we're not going to clarify which parts are true and which parts are false. Okay. Um, okay, so... Man, I should have picked somebody I don't like as much. <laughs> um, okay, so let's do that. So, so I first met Retro back when I worked for Hewlett Packard. Uh, he and I both worked there and um, just hated it. Like, it's such a terrible <laughs> company to work for. So bad. And, you know, we would always joke, like, well. There went my HP sponsorship. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> well, it was Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe you can still. They get spent that all HP their money stuff. on their logo, so it's fine. Absolutely. So, you. Um, okay, so every, every time you survive a Monday, uh, you, you're just celebrating. It's like, oh, I didn't get fired today. Because uh, there was no rhyme or reason is, to it. Is Monday like the culling day? Monday is the least <laughs> statistically probable day for you to be fired and commit suicide. Wow. So that's when they would fire him. What a stat. Isn't that an incredible thing, you know? Uh, You're saying they were aware of that and they that's were aware why that. they chose Monday. Yeah, because uh, Mondays were always the day. Like, unless you did something. Wow. Right? Okay. So when I got fired, um, they they took us off campus and literally like... Like they, behind a woodshed? Or? <laughs> they took us to a local college where they had like rented a meeting space to fire everybody. And they would do this. Like this wasn't the first time this happened. Were you allowed back in your office? We were, but they had like already restricted a lot of access. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so, so when that happened... Rick kind of lost his mind. I'm kidding. I'm not going to go that direction. <laughs> I don't want... But well, here's what's funny is by saying that that didn't happen, that could be one of the untrue parts of the story, exactly. and he exactly. actually did lose his mind. So um, so Rick was always a cheapskate. Um, he was a Dave Ramsey fan. Uh-huh. Uh, he and his wife do, have done an incredible job um, getting that free, and it was really compelling and encouraging for my wife and I as well. Okay. And um, and Rick was a great salesman. So, you know, he um, it wasn't that he didn't have it. He just wanted to use it wisely. He he always used this phrase, and I like I liked it a lot, and I still use it. He said that they wanted to be driven by their passions and not their paycheck. Okay. Um, so their goal was to get financially stable enough to do that. But the problem was, Rick would never do anything. Be like, hey. Let's go have lunch. Right. Nope. Brought my lunch with me. No, you didn't. You've got a packet of hot dogs in the like, company fridge, and you're just going to eat a hot dog. That's not Uh-oh. the same thing. Like um, a cold, wet hot dog? Yes. Um, hey, he might have warmed it up. Let's just go ahead and say he didn't. Um, so what Rick would do um, was he would bring his lunch, and a lot of times it would just be a hot dog. Um, and that's what he would eat, like just as cheap as he possibly. That's could. bad, dude. Um, Gosh. So, <clears throat> so Rick was uh, really into all things retro, and he's really into music. Um, and what? Ha- so what happened was, <laughs> Rick comes in one day and he's bought new in-ear headphones because uh-huh, uh-huh. he's really into music, and he's telling me all about them. And, um, and he said that um, 
Okay, so Joe, these are the greatest ever. You gotta try them out, and they were incredible. Okay, but they were like five hundred dollars. Dang, Rick! I'm like Rick, you're the dude that eats hot dogs every day, so that he can get those headphones. So that he could get those headphones. And what he told me was that he didn't actually pay full price. That back in in college, he had dated this girl um, because her dad owned this company. That's why he dated her. Yeah, it's this company here in Conway, and like he liked her, but you know, like he was in it for the head. There was another motive. (laughs) So after you know, giving him all this heck for all of the um, lunches he didn't go to, the times he didn't do anything or whatever, he was like, "Well, here's the thing," and he starts. basically confessing to somebody that um, he dated this girl, you know, no regrets, but, you know, it didn't last long. And now she's working with her dad's company. And when he ordered these, like, he knew. So he, like, calls me, like, hey, it's me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great times. And got a really, really great discount. Dang. Okay, and I felt Rick. like he was so, he was so, like, disheartened having to admit that to me. Um, so he sent them back and, you know, apologized and repented. You know, as I started this story, I really wanted it to not be obvious what the real thing was or the fake thing was. <laughs> um, and I'm just, I wish I would have spun it better. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of regrets um, because now people are going to know who Rick really is. And I don't, you know, but that's his life, man. Yeah. He's, he's a YouTube celebrity. He's yeah. killing it. Um, he's dates the women just master. for the headphones. Huh? Dates women just for the headphones. Absolutely, man. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you've ever had a relationship with him, you've got to really look back and think through what what was the motivation there. Right. Wow. Um, but. We're exposing HP people on this thing, so man. so much, man. I'm so glad I don't work there anymore. <laughs> yeah. So glad. Dang. All right, so uh, last little segment here. We'll wrap up with this. In this, you know, crazy time that we're in, social distancing and and trying to avoid getting Zoom bombed and everything else that's going on out there. What is Zoom bombed? Zoom bombing? You don't know what Zoom bombing is? No. Oh. It's it's. You're, you're legitimately surprised that I know. What that I mean, is. if there was one person in the world that I thought would know what Zoom bombing was, no. I. Thought it Sounds would be like you. a Pokemon. No, no, it's more like a photo bomb. Okay. So, Zoom, uh, Zoom grew by twenty times. Yeah. When this thing took off, and what uh, what made Zoom so great was how easy it was to join a call. Like, almost anybody can do it. You just click a link. Doesn't matter what device you're on, yeah. and it puts you into this call. Well, that was great until it became mainstream. And that same strength of Zoom then quickly became a weakness because people could just find a link or type in a random URL and randomly jump into somebody's Zoom call. And so you have things like, uh, you know, school classes going on that random people are joining, you know, company boardroom meetings, government, like, council meetings, things like that. Uh, I heard a story about a guy who was presenting his, his, like, doctoral thesis to faculty, family, friends, and somebody zoom bombed him and like drew some very inappropriate things on the screen. Oh gosh! And so yeah, so that's zoom bombing. Okay, um, is people breaking in and kind of you know photo bombing, but because zoom bombing. I'd, I'd heard about 
some of this because yeah. we've had to, you know, with a lot of our things are done through Zoom. Yeah. So we've had to, you know, ramp up security. Yeah. But what I was told was it was like college students that would just give out the link to whomever, just yeah. post it on Twitter. Right. And it's probably both. It's but a little bit of terrifying. Both. Well, man. so they normally it's just like eight digits. Is yeah. What it, so you just yeah. tap in and right. Hopefully you get lucky. So they, you know, Zoom has addressed a lot of this, and they've honestly done a pretty good job of it. Um, but just things like that nobody thought about before, because before this nobody was taking a picture, you know, posting on Instagram of the Zoom meeting they're in. Yeah. Well, one of the things that now is not a, a thing if you update your Zoom software. But it used to show the number at the top of the screen for oh, what the gosh. Zoom. So people would take a picture of it, post it on Instagram or yeah. Facebook or something, and then people would see that link and just join in. Uh, and so they've they've beefed up their stuff like that. You can lock a meeting now, so like no one else can join once you lock it. Yeah. There's a waiting room where the host has to let people in. Uh, it's automatically like password protected. If you want it to not have a password, you have to disable it. So they've, they've done a pretty good job addressing it with the rapid growth. Um, but anyway, this crazy you know world that we're in, Zoom bombings and social distancing and all that stuff, for all of the listeners that for some reason are still listening to this episode right now, uh, what, what is your best piece of advice for navigating this time that we find ourselves in? Oh, gosh. Um, I'll tell you this. Um, you can. This is not really to answer your question. Um, you can get a um, a webcam window. It's a simple little device that sticks on your webcam, and um, what what it does is it's a little piece of adhesive that goes over it, and when you're not using it, it just slides into place right. and blocks the view of your webcam. Um, I think everyone should have that on everything that has a camera. Mm. Um, there's a reason why, you know, back in the day, they interviewed Mark Zuckerberg and he had tape over his camera. There's right. a reason for that. Right. Now, I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. I'm not getting targeted that way. <laughs> um, but I think, I think at some point, like, we all have to just realize that our world is not as sanitary as, and not sanitary in the, like, virality sense, but sanitary in the social norms and social acceptabilities um, sense that a lot of people pretend it is. Yeah. You know, like, and so just accept it a little bit. You know, if someone comes into your Zoom meeting and starts drawing stuff, you know, like this dude, like yeah. that sucks. Yeah. But also, like, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And this is the world that we're in. Um, so there comes a point when you just got to, like, roll with the punches a little bit. Um, you know, do your best to lock these things down. But also, if it happens, it happens. Um, I've got, you know, seven kids. So much of what we do is trying to protect them. Yeah. But also knowing we're never going to be able to protect them mm. fully. You know, it's never going to... That's a tough thing, man. It's really hard that, you know, like, especially when they're consuming media, there's not a way to completely protect them from every single thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that that idea that my kid's going to be 22 years old before they hear a curse word um, or see something inappropriate or witness violence like that would be I would love that Mm. that would be incredible Mm. Um, but also we've got to build ourselves and our world into a place where 
we can overcome those things right instead of just be shocked when they happen yeah you know be in a world where if someone zoom bombs us now that we have this verb um, if someone zoom bombs us like okay let's let's deal with it and let's get back to work yeah um, let's continue this meeting even if it's like very derailing right um, what what is interesting to me though and it's almost more of my fear is when um, people aren't comfortable with zoom yet and they're doing the things like going to the restroom with their video on, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're standing up and showing that, you know, they're wearing underwear and not pants. Right. Like that's more devastating because <laughs> you know the people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if some jack wagon, um, in America logs onto my zoom call and starts shouting stuff, I'll kick them off and I'll mute it. And right. it might, you know, it might be scary or, you know, it might be insulting to people. And that's yeah. not, it's not that it's a, a cool thing. Like, we'll get over that. Right. It's when Karen does it, and I have to work with Karen. Right, and the you call's know? not over yet. Yeah. Like, and what's crazy to me, Ryan, is that not only did these things happen, but we know about them because the other people on the call upload it to social media. Oh, yeah. Good grief, man. you got to be a better coworker than that. Man. Well. I don't know if I actually gave advice there. No, you did. Yeah, I um, like that. That's, um, that's unique, like, in these interviews so far I've gotten several different answers they've all been good yeah. um, but I, I appreciate that it's a it's a whole perspective that I think I agree with like we need to have um, what's the word for that um, shoot uh, the word for what like that ability to encounter difficult things like resiliency okay right yeah. uh, to encounter difficult things and to not be destroyed by them but to be able to get back up and continue moving forward because what i think with um with everything that's happened since covid19 hit i think what it's shown us more than anything is how unprepared most people are yeah um and i'll i'll throw myself into this category that um you know the average american household can live for two weeks with the food in their house Hmm. and the biggest threat to my family through all of this is not having the supplies we need. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you think if something were to happen and trucks stopped running and this grocery this podcast store, would be done. Absolutely. <laughs> if trucks stopped running. <laughs> yes. So, um, if you could still do it in the truck, right? <laughs> you can still do the podcast in the truck. Yeah, but... I guess it would have to be done exclusively from my driveway. It'd yes. become the driveway talk podcast. <laughs> okay, so we in this world, if if Walmart, Kroger does not have um, food on the shelves, most people are really, really in trouble. Yeah. And my job as a dad is not to... I'm not a doomsday prepper, but I am going to be prepared. Right. So, you know, but, and that's also financially, you know, that... The number of homes that can't, um, that, you know, we say paycheck to paycheck, what does that mean? Yeah. For me, it means, can I go three months without a paycheck? Right. Um, that would be hard, but we could do it. Right. And with, with all this thing, all this that has hit, I think more than anything, we should, um, we should be more prepared for things like this. Yeah. You know, have two months of food stocked away. 
even if it's rice and dried beans, right. like something to keep you alive. Rick's cold hot dogs. Absolutely. Yeah, that was the fake part of my story, um, <laughs> if you didn't catch that. Um, have, you know, an emergency fund for those times. Um, you know, have, you know, other other strategies that if somebody comes into your meeting and starts being crazy, you know, there's so, like, we can't continue to balance on the edge of the knife like we have. Yeah. We've got to have other options. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's how we're going to continue to adapt to this world, man. Yeah. You know, as I was telling that story about Rick, <laughs> um, it made me think, I was I was planning on telling a different story, and I was editing it along the way, and I feel like it lowered the quality of the story. And I'll tell you this, and I'll shut up. What I was going to say is what other people used to do at HP is when people just like had a meeting they didn't want to go to or were afraid they were about to get fired or whatever, they would do quarterly business reviews all the time. Uh So every quarter this would happen. What somebody would do is they would go down to the break room, like the one on the first floor, and they would put a bag of popcorn in the microwave and just set the microwave to 10 minutes and just walk away. What? So literally what they would do, and I'm, I didn't want Rick to get in trouble if I admitted this was him. Or it wasn't, but if I said this was him. We'll never know at this point. We'll never know. Is I didn't want him to get in trouble for it. But what they would do is they would they would do this, and it would set off smoke alarms. Because right. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't start a fire, but it would a lot of smoke. Yeah. And when that happened, they would evacuate the entire building. So it was almost every other month that... 2,000 employees would have to go outside in the parking lot. You'd be out there for an hour or so, and until they allow you to come back inside. And um, it was a great way to get out of stuff, I guess. That that is potentially my favorite thing from this podcast. (laughs) I didn't want Rick to get in trouble. But if you're ever in a place where you don't know what to do, somebody is Zoom bombing you in real life, just grab a thing of popcorn, put it in the microwave for 10 minutes, and let the smoke alarms go off. Wow. Okay, you got two great pieces of advice <laughs> from Joe Snyder here on how to navigate this crazy world at the moment. But, all right, I think we'll, that'll, uh, that'll do it. We'll call it there. And um, thanks for listening to Truck Talk, the podcast that's not about trucks but is recorded in one. We got a couple of uh, really exciting guests lined up coming soon, so check back uh, to hear to hear who we've got and what we got going on. So, thanks for joining us on Truck Talk today. Hey, one last thing. Truck Talk is brought to you by Ready Set Podcast. Uh, Ready Set Podcast is a podcast production company that can podcast anywhere, including in my truck. Uh, we've done it around ironing boards. We can do it online. Uh, but Ready Set Podcast is uh, there for you to take your brilliant idea and turn it into a podcast. So if you've got an idea for a podcast and don't have the time or don't know how to produce it yourself, Ready Set Podcast can take care of you. Uh, we can do recording, editing, and publishing or any combination of the three. So uh, check us out, ReadySetPodcast.xyz. Or you can find us, uh, Ready Set Podcast, on Facebook or Instagram. Or send an email directly to GetReadySetPodcast at gmail.com. Get ready, set, podcast. Taking your brilliant idea, turning it into reality.
Thank mm-hmm. you. 